The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. Cooley Region Cooks on WIZM. I'm Mike Hayes. I've got guests in the kitchen, and you know why? Because having fun in the kitchen is the key. If you're not having as much fun in the kitchen as you'd like to have, then stick around, because in an hour, you will be my new best friend. Cooley Region Cooks. Every Thursday from 10 to 11, we get together who with people who like to have fun in the kitchen. Doesn't matter whether you're professional or not. If you eat, if you cook, then I want to talk to you because you're doing something that's necessary and and hopefully you're having fun. My dad used to say it. If you're not having fun in the kitchen, you're just doing it wrong. That's all there is to it. So figure out a way to have some fun, feed your family, and uh, everybody wins. I'm Mike Hayes and my guest uh, this morning, in fact, guest's all morning long, we'll be members of the staff here at Midwest Family, Ben Ross, who spends time in his kitchen cooking. Ben, thanks very much for coming in this morning. Yeah, thanks, Mike. The pleasure's all mine. How, do you do a lot or all, or what percentage of the cooking do you do at your house? Oh, I'd say my wife and I are doing pretty much half and half. 50-50? Yep. Do you both have different loves? You're all Mexican Definitely. and she's all Italian, or well, how does that work? I would say I'm not like I'm not like all Mexican, but I like big flavors. I like spicy food. She's coming around to that. She's she's more like the traditional <laughs> ah. Midwestern style food. So she's one of those, I got to eat his food or I'm going to starve to death. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Going to the bathroom in the middle to uh, uh, to have a bite of something else probably yep. just doesn't cut it anymore. Maybe spit her, spit her food up in the yeah. toilet too. No, no. That's what we did when we were kids. Yep. Can't do that when you're an adult. So you like you like foods with big flavors. So it doesn't have to just be Mexican. You And how far away from... Uh, you know, I don't want traditional American food. Are you cooking Indian? Nah, stuff not a lot of Indian, I guess. Stuff I do. with big with big seasoning. Yeah, I've got a Thai recipe. I do. I oh, do, awesome! Like I said the carnitas recipe is big. Um, sometimes I do stroganoff, but I think technically oh. that's German, right? Yeah, well, and I've done Italian stroganoff yeah. with Italians. Uh, uh, ingredients in it with Italian sausage and so forth. So sure. I suppose your take on somebody else's recipe because. This was really good. My mom always made it, but it was kind of boring. So I took this. Sure. Well, the carnita recipe. Did you? You're going to share that with us this morning. That's it. The carnitas. Mexican did you make it up, or how did you come about this recipe? Well, I would say that I, for the most part, most part, it was something I just learned um, online and kind of added to what I had done huh. myself. You do that a lot. That's a that's a good. That's a when it's your turn. Thing. You know that it's your turn to cook, so you're looking online at some point, thinking, I wonder. What are my taste buds feeling like? Mexican? Oh, carnitas. Sure. Oh, oh, this recipe looks interesting. Then do you look at a couple of uh, recipes and then combine them? Or how do you come up with the one you'll make? Well, I would say I kind of have, have a, it's, it's, it's pretty basic and I just add to it a little bit. Carnitas really? is awesome because it's, it's, it's relatively cheap. The cut of meat you need to buy, it feeds a lot of people uh, and it's pretty easy to make too. Yeah, but you still made it yours. That's true. Are you adding more or less of the carnitas ingredients? I would say 
more. More. I'm adding, I'm, I like to I like to add like a like a guajillo chili or oh. chili our bowl and See. Make a little sauce with that and then cool. add that to the pork once it's cooking. Is your wife wife rolling her eyes thinking, oh man, he's gonna kill me one of these days because didn't sound like she's the big spice lover like no, you are. No, no. Like I said, she's coming around to it. She likes my carnitas. Does she? Yep. All right. Well, let's do it. How do you make carnitas at your house? So what I do is I like to get a Mexican pork butt um, or pork shoulder. And, and I go bone in because it's cheaper. And since since it's uh, since it's 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 going to get shredded anyways, it doesn't really matter if you butcher the meat when you're cutting the bone out. So all you really okay. need is a pork butt and a really sharp knife and um, and what you'll do is you'll cut that cut that that bone out of there before you start cooking. Oh, really? Yep. Um, okay. That's pretty easy to do. You know, especially because again, I don't I don't have butchery skills. I I, I wouldn't have something presentable if I was going to sell it in a store. Well, but, and other people would say, "Oh yeah, I saw him cut that turkey up. It butchered. Right. He butchered it." So. Well, you're going to shred the meat anyways, so right. it doesn't so it really doesn't matter, matter what it looks like. Why did you decide way back to cut the bone out before you cook it? Uh, because then it's, it's easier to pull it out and it's, it's not attached to anything. And then you can, you can get more surface area. Cause when you make carnitas, I use a Dutch oven to do it. So you want to basically, you want to put a little oil down in the pan and, and get a sear on the meat before you actually throw it back in the oven. Yeah. So, you know, when you cut the bone out, you create more surface area that way. So you get more sear and that gives more of that brown flavor. Okay. Meat. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So you cut the bone out. That's right. And uh, you're going to sear that boneless pork butt yep you're gonna you're gonna sear it try to get a good brown on each side and then what i'll do is once once that's done i'll pull the whole whole carnitas out uh and i'll add in garlic and onion i get that just translucent um chopped garlic and onion that is and and then you're gonna put the pork back in and uh you could add orange juice you could add pineapple juice um you're definitely gonna want to add some lime and then your your spices Uh, and your spices can get as complicated as you want or as simple as you want but you know in any carnitas recipe i've read they always have oregano and it always has cumin in there as two pretty key ingredients. <laughs> um, and again, I, I, like I said, sometimes I like to make a little sauce where you would take chicken broth, boiling chicken broth, and you put it in a blender with uh, guajillo chili and chili arbol. A guajillo chili is just a dried poblano pepper and a chili arbol is like a red hot chili pepper that's been, dry, been dried. So okay. that guajillo isn't really that hot. It's just got good smoky flavor. Delicious. Um, so a little bit of heat, a little bit of smoke. Yep. And you're, I mean, you're cooking it in the oven with pineapple juice or orange juice anyways, and then lime juice. So that acidity, acidity that is going to balance out that heat. Well, it's interesting. Then you're adding heat to a pineapple sweet. Right. And that's a, that's a really fun and a typical Mexican uh, combo, heat and sweet. And sweet goes with any pork, I think. I mean, you think about pork chop, a lot of people put apple oh, sure. sauce with Ap- them. Right? I was just going to say applesauce uh, pork chops, one of my mom's favorites. For sure. So that's a, so that's, that's a fun one. And then what you do is again, you add those spices in there, add the cumin, the oregano, you add more garlic. Um, and then you're going to add maybe a little bit of chicken broth. And then all you're going to do is throw back in the oven. Usually I go 350, um, maybe 400. You put, you put the lid of the Dutch oven back on, uh, and you put it in there for, for a couple hours. And when you pull it out, that meat should be so tender that you can just pull it right apart. Really? Um, you don't really even. Well, you need forks because it's hot, but well, yeah, you shredding reach, it is. Don't reach your hand in, guys. It'll shredding it is super simple yeah. after that, right? Yeah, cool. Sure. Uh, and a lot of people, what they like to do, sometimes I do it. Depends on how much of a hurry I am. Is you take the lid off the Dutch oven and you might put the broiler on then, uh, and that'll help crisp up the pork. And you do that for you know ten minutes under, sure. under the broiler. But it's but the beauty of this recipe is if you're like me and you don't like to do a bunch of dishes, you can do this all in basically one pan. I mean, I, I yeah. just use the Dutch oven and start to finish that thing does everything. Cool. Yeah. 
All right. Well, and I have a very similar version to that myself. I was wondering, is he going to go off the recipe that I've used for oh, just a little bit? The peppers are a little bit different, but I cook mine uh, well with two pans, a fry pan, because I sear mine bone in, put the whole thing in a crock pot with all the seasonings, let it cook all day long in the crock pot, get home, then take out the bone. Oh. And uh, because then the bone is going to give it whatever uh, flavor it might impart into that pork, uh, then shred it, sure. add some more, depending on how juicy it is at that point, a little more. And that's where I go. I don't know. I don't want to say crazy, but, uh, you know, some Mexican. Have you ever been to Mexico? Never some been. of the oh, man, some of the Mexican fruits. Next time you're poking around on the Internet, poke around uh, Mexican fruits and you'll see that they grow papaya and all kinds of stuff. If you can get a fresh Mexican fruit and then juice that and add it to your to your uh, Dutch oven or your crock pot. Sure. Let that simmer for a while. Then everybody will say, this is del- this is just like the one you made last time, except there's a little something different. What's that? I use different juice. Right. So do you add just the juice of the papaya or you, you, do you dice it up and kind of add well, it at the end? Or what do you you do? know, uh, s- sort of, <laughs> because I don't have a juicer. So, uh, and I don't bother straining it because right. I'm lazy. So I'm, I'm mashing that papaya or that fruit, whatever it happens to be, to get a bunch of juice out of it and then take the big chunks and don't put right. them in. But uh, there are always a little bit of chunks in there. But after it cooks for a while, you can't tell what it is. In. Well, it's funny you say that too, Mike, because I know a lot of people, what they like to do is make like a tropical pico. Oh, mango oh, and, yeah. and white or red onion and yeah. cilantro and I don't know. Some I plum tomatoes a, or right, something some, in there. Some cherry oh, tomatoes baby. or something. Cherries, yeah. You put that on top with with uh, with some fresh jalapeno or whatever. And for me, that's that's what I really like. Is I, I like spicy food, um, and, and that sweet yeah. balance it out a little bit. Too. Then do you when it's cooked? Uh, uh, for me, it's coming out of the crock pot. For you, it's coming out of the Dutch oven. Do you put it on a plate in a pile next to Spanish rice or something else, or do you make a sandwich out of it? What? So we're, I believe it's called family style at our house, but basically we just get the food up on the oven and then yeah. everybody grabs their taco shells and. Oh, okay. So you serve it in, a, they make their own tacos. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. it. Just wondering how that was going to go. Cause sometimes, uh, you know, on a toasted, uh, bun, some kind of a delicious brioche bun, garlic toasted bun. Right. Then back under the broiler. Cause I do love that idea. Uh, I do the same thing crispy under the broiler to get it all crispy and then. Maybe melt some uh, some Mexican cheese on top. Oh, yeah. The other bun, corn on the cob. Oh baby! And that meat is so versatile too. I mean, you get you could put that on you could put that on a salad. You could put that on a lot of different stuff. And yeah. that's the beauty of the recipe is you know for fifteen or twenty bucks. The last time I bought a pork butt for four or five pounds, right? You got you got a lot of meat there for yeah. you know you got a family of four people. That's a perfect recipe for you. I I'm think. hungry just thinking about yeah. it. That that sounds good. Hey, Ben, thanks very much for sharing. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. You betcha. We are Cooley Region Cooking this morning with uh, staff members who like to have fun in the kitchen from Midwest Family. Would you like to be on sometime in the future? Mike at WIZMnews.com. Send me an email. Let me know. I'll give you a call and we'll work it out. Cooley Region Cooks. We'll be right back. Cooley Region Cooks on WIZM every Thursday from 10 to 11. We get together with people who like to have fun in the kitchen. And uh, today, all of our guests are from our own Midwest family. People who like to have fun in the kitchen. Tony Schultz is one. He hosts mornings on 
KQ98, but does a great deal of cooking at his house. Not all of it, or maybe all the cooking, but none of the baking. How no, does that work? No, that, my, my wife, Lisa, does a ton of baking. She's an excellent baker. She oh, does a lot of cooking, too. She's way better than excellent. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would be disappointed <laughs> if she ever gave you her uh, spatula and allowed you to bake anything. The only time I get the spatula is to lick the dough. Or oh, there you go. To clean up the batter. Yeah, yeah. That's it. She is an outstanding baker. I have always enjoyed everything that you've ever shared from her. So she's making dessert. Maybe one of these days I'll get her in here. Yes. In the meantime, yeah. you do. Do you do a lot of grilling? I enjoy grilling quite a bit. It's yeah. just relaxing to go out there and, you know, have something on the grill and and uh, maybe sit on the on the on the deck and have a have a cold one while I wait. For I was my, just going to say, do you time culinary perfection? Do, do you time your grilling by uh, the number of beers it takes before you flip it over? You got to be careful because if it's a hot day out, that beer might go a little faster. Well, know. there's <laughs> I just check it and give it another half a beer or something yeah. i get it but i i have a number of friends who who don't flip over the steak or the pork chop yeah. until the beer's gone and then flip it over uh, that's the way it works often so uh winter and summer doesn't matter the weather you're grilling i grill you're no matter grilling. what there is no grill season in, okay. in my house me neither all, all year long pouring rain is the only what do you do in the pouring rain you go out there just quickly and then come back in uh if i really have to if i'm really needing that grill fix then i will but otherwise that's when we just figure out you know pasta pasta on the stove all right all right Uh, that works for me all right so we are on the same page because i love to grill as well in particular although sometimes in the winter when it's particularly cold i don't care about grilling outside except that (laughs) all that free heat from the oven in my kitchen my family likes that what are you gonna cook you're gonna cook something that's gonna take two hours and 400 awesome i'll just sit right here in the on the at the table over here and be all nice and warm and thanks Yep, there you go. So that's, sometimes that's why that we happens. have blankets. Yeah, well, that's why sometimes I do 400 <laughs> degrees uh, for two hours. But either way, we're doing the same sort of thing. You're gonna you're gonna share a grilling recipe? Yeah, um, beer can chicken. Ooh, uh, a lot of people don't you know understand the full uh, aspect of it. You know, they're not sure. Well, why why do you, what's what's the point of doing beer can chicken? Mm. And it just makes that taste it a little. Yeah, yeah. taste it is number one, one thing. But just the tenderness it can really give to the chicken and everything like that. And I know some people out there, well, what what even is beer can chicken? It, it, it is what it is. You know, it, you take a can of beer and you place the chicken on it. And then you grill yeah. it. And that that helps cook the chicken, makes it very tender. Can of chicken up that uh, chicken's tender parts yeah. with beer in the can. It's yeah, not beer. just a balancing thing. No, There's no. beer in it. And uh, you cook it upright in yes. uh, on your grill. Yes. And for me, what I like to do, actually, I like to brine chicken first. Oh. Now, if you're lucky, if you're someone like me, I've got a great neighbor. I'm going to give a shout out to Don Chapel. He makes, he has giant chickens. Okay. He knows how to feed them <laughs> and cook them. And if you're lucky, oh, that's you win really one funny. One He's got one of those nuclear chickens. Uh, yeah, farm yeah, ranchers, yeah. He, does he? he? He knows how to make big awesome. chickens. So if you're lucky, you have a big chicken like that. What I like to do is get that into a pot, about a four gallon pot. And I just cover that up. You got to put in about a gallon of, of apple cider vinegar in there. Okay. You got to have that in. And then you top that off with with water, just so you can cover that Oh, okay. That so apple up. cider vinegar and apple water. Apple cider vinegar That's water. your brine. Yeah, that's my brine. Okay. And obviously, you have to have salt in there. So about a cup of salt, half a cup of salt, maybe just depends on what you feel like you want that chicken to absorb because okay. you're going to pull that salt in there. Um, minced garlic or crushed garlic, whichever one you want to do. You know, you've got the, the jar. Um, if you're really stuck... Okay, powdered garlic, but it's not going to work as well. Minced garlic. Minced garlic will work the best. And then, of course, you take up a whole onion, you chop that up, dice it up, put that in there, let it all sit in there. 
Uh, I like to add brown sugar. Some people really? use honey in their in their brine, but I okay. like to use brown sugar. So maybe about you know a, a half a cup at the most of some brown sugar, just to give it a kind of a sweet flavor in there. Kind sure. of balances things out. And if you want to add rosemary, thyme, sage, you know, traditional chicken flavors, you can do that, obviously. Um, and then you got to have some black pepper in there. Sure. You know, um, you can crush it up or you can just put in the, uh, you know, the, the peppercorns, balls, peppercorns yeah. and let yeah. them work their magic, that sure. kind of thing. Uh, other people will use lemon or lime, maybe celery salt, put that in there just to give it a different flavor. Give it that, that sweet or or that uh, tangy flavor sure, sure. for your chicken. I'm curious. Uh, oh, well, are you done? Or do you have more ingredients? Oh, no, that's that's about it for the ingredients. Right. Well, that's I got a question. Yes. Okay, so you've got all those ingredients in a pot of cold apple cider and water or? Now, I've, some people will boil that ahead of time. They'll yeah, boil that kind that's of what brings the fra- flavor yeah, out yeah, yeah. and then chill it. It does, it does oh. need to be cold. You want it to be cold. Okay. So some people will boil it first. I've done it both ways, just Boom, just done it. Just, okay. You know, shot Apple cider vinegar, water, all those seasonings, yep. chicken, brine. Yep. And put okay. it in. The, it's got to go for 24 hours. All right, all right. Some people say, oh, 12 is enough. Wrong. It's got to be 24 hours. hours Overnight. Yep. In my book. That's, okay. the way, that's the way I do it. Okay. And uh, then you come into the. To well, the and you're also cooking. doing gigantic chickens, too. So right. Yeah. It's a big Maybe chicken. somebody else has a normal sized chicken. <laughs> they could get away with 12 or 15 hours. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I'm big on 24 hours if you can. You know, do it. You can you get away space with it. And time. Okay, good. Um, and then you got to, after that 24 hours, you're going to take that chicken out. You want to rub some olive oil on it. Now you can do one of two things. You can just leave the olive oil on it, go with the brine seasoning to see where that takes you. Or of course you can take some more of those seasonings and put them on the, the skin and, and let them, you know, get stuck to the side of that chicken with that oh, olive oil. Okay. It's going to give it a nice golden look on the outside, real crispy chicken. Sure. Won't, well, kind of keeps it from drying out anymore because that brine is going to make it nice and juicy as it is. Oh, sure. Yeah. So now some people won't do the brine. They're just boom, beer can chicken. That's okay. Pretty simple. Kind okay. of olive oil. Boom. Uh, but for me, I like to do that brine. Season it up. Sure. Yeah. Season it up. I like a lot of seasoning. And you're going to have to get your grill to about 350, 375. Again, depending on the chicken, how big it is, that sort of thing, how long you want to cook it. Some grills are different. Some yep. some people oh, yeah. know they've got spots in their grill. Yep. And the one thing I'm going to tell you when it comes to beer can chicken, unless you want to fire in your grill, which is <laughs> something I know someone did, maybe he's standing right here. The first time he ever did beer can chicken is not have a drip pan under your chicken. You need to have a drip pan a drip under pan. your chicken, okay. no matter what. Even if people are like, well, I'm off the burners. Trust uh, me, you will have a fire in there and you will have a you will have blackened chicken instead of just beer can uh-huh. chicken. Okay. If you like that. All right. Then you also you cook it off the fire. That, that, yes. What do they call that? Indirect. Uh, indirect. indirect thanks. Yep. So you can turn the burners off, but definitely have that drip pan down there. That'll save you a lot. Also, okay. you know, they say, oh, you can take the beer can and take the legs of the chicken and prop it up. No. Get a beer can chicken holder. They have them in the store. They sure, got they're some. very inexpensive. Yes. They're kind of fun. There's singles. Yeah, there's yeah. doubles. You can do two chickens if you get some smaller ones at the same time. Use one of them because trying to prop it up once it gets tender, yeah. it's going to tip Not over. It's going to happen. Yeah, right. you're going to have issues. Um, so those are definitely things you want to have uh, go on <laughs> with that. And you got to drink a little bit of the beer out of there before you just put it on. Oh, yeah. Don't oh, just okay. put a full can of beer on there. Okay. Okay. Couple you got to have some sips quality on control. There. You got to make sure it's right. good beer. Right. Right. Yep. And speaking of good beer. Some people will say, well, do I use a flavored beer? Sure. You can use like, you know, if there's like some sort of special 
uh, let's say cherry flavored or sour sure. beer. You, you like an amber? Sour. If you like a yeah. porter, me, I just I just use the straight up American lagers. They seem to work the okay. best for me. Somebody else told me once, never do a light beer. No, exactly. I have that right. in my full note. fat beer. Do not okay. use light beer. You got to okay. use regular beer. Okay. So okay. if you can get a Hams, a Budweiser, a PBR, you plop that on there. You're gonna be you're gonna be good and good set to go. go. Yeah. Right. And uh, of course, when you're having something with this, I would highly suggest you know if you can corn on the cob, maybe oh, some sure. Brussels sprouts, yep. something like that, a potato, obviously. And um, I was asked too, what would you drink with this? So my summer mm-hmm. drink. This is a summer type of meal for the most part, right? Summer type of meal. Sure. Crown Royal Apple. You take that ounce of Crown Royal Apple, uh, half an ounce of butterscotch schnapps. And you put Ooh. that in your, your shaker and you mix that up with ice yeah, yeah. and you pour that in the glass and then you fill that up with ginger beer and ice and you got a wonderful caramel apple drink to go yeah, along with that. nothing on Harry Potter at your house. That sweet, that wow. sweet just mixes How long do we savory. cook that chicken, by the way? Well, about an hour, hour and a half. Uh, okay, you know, like all right, we said, so 90 it's, minutes. If it's a big chicken, it's going to take a while. Okay. 165 for that internal temperature. So you're going to want to check that on those. Those thighs and make sure so the breasts. time will vary depending on the size of your chicken. Yes, yes. The beer only varies depending on what you like, yeah. what you've got. It's and not if you don't want to make, make a, you want to make that drink. Just have another beer. Yeah, there you go. Have another cocktail because you can't buy them one at a time anyway. What exactly. Are you do with the other five. Time that thing. You know, ninety minutes. Let's see, three beers, ninety minutes. That's about right. Yep, that'll that do works. it for you. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Mike. Beer can chicken from Tony Schultz, the Viking fan who knows how to grill. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even when it's really cold. He and Bud Grant out there freezing their noogies off, cooking beer canned chicken. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Mike. Region Cooks every Thursday on WIZM with people who like to have fun in the kitchen. If you are one of those people or you know someone who is one of those people, get in touch with me. Send me an email. I'll give you a call and uh, and we'll try to find a date that works for you. That is Mike at WIZMnews.com. I don't have to go quite that far to find a good friend and, uh, and boss. Heck, you've been my boss for... What, not quite as long as we've been good friends. <laughs> no, that's true. But, uh, a but while. a long, long time. Decades. Welcome to my kitchen. Yes, for, thank you. For a time. And thank you very much for filling in on those occasions. Sure. You spend, do you do all the cooking at your house? Yeah, with the exception of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, my wife makes the turkey. Does she? Yeah. And uh, But other than that, yes, I, I cook every meal. Right. And, and I enjoy it. I, I was just going to ask you. Relaxing you like that? Yeah, I Does do. she help? Do you have sous chef or do you do it uh, all? I kind of prefer to do it all do you yeah and that's fine i mean she she's eager to help and says can i can i help you with something and sometimes it's you know can you chop some vegetables sure, or something? sure. but as far as the preparation itself i've right. kind of got things the way i right. want them and yeah so and i get it and i hear that on occasion from the other room need any help right, right. nope got it covered i got it okay yep. just checking i didn't really want to help you but uh, <laughs> i feel guilty if i don't ask so, uh, well, she helps. does all the cleaning. So, oh, she does. It's fair. You, the cook, she, the I clean? makes the mess and she cleans it up. Awesome. And we're I'm both one happy those, with that. I'm one. Yeah, that's a great idea. I have. I don't know if I should out myself in this mm-hmm. regard, but sometimes when I'm in the kitchen doing the cooking and I do the prep for this part of whatever it is I'm mm-hmm. making, then this pot or spoon or bowl isn't going to be used again. Right. So while I'm while this goes in the oven, then I turn around, go to the sink, clean up that stuff. 
And the only thing that's that's end up dirty at the end of the meal is whatever I pull out of the oven with the thing on it. All the prep, all the prep spoons and bowls and stuff are clean. So you clean as you go. I'm yeah, because I I don't want to if I don't keep my hands busy. I'm eating ingredients. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you going to have dinner? Form no, of God, I'm not hungry at all. I, I ate all those ingredients right? and they were delicious. Because like, for instance, you're going to uh, share chicken kebabs. I probably wouldn't eat very much raw chicken. No, I wouldn't. But all those it. ingredients, all those vegetables. Oh, baby. So chicken kebabs. Uh, this uh, uh, Middle Eastern? or it, Yeah, it is. Um, this was a recipe I made for the first time, actually, on, uh, on Sunday. I find myself depending on the seasons, you know, kind of getting in a rut as far as uh, dinner plants. You know sure, I mean? sure. Um, and and I'm, so I'm always looking for new things to try. Something different. Right? Yeah, and I came across this and thought this would be kind of fun to do for Father's Day because it gets me outside to man the grill and, yeah. uh, you know, new new flavors. So this is a... Drive the neighbors nuts with that <laughs> aroma. Smell, yeah. yeah. It's a Middle Eastern style grilled chicken kebabs. And it's very, very simple uh, to put together. You will need some time because it needs to marinate. For about eight hours. Okay. Um, and the marinade is a combination of uh, Greek yogurt, olive oil, uh, and some spices, along with some lemon juice, lemon zest, uh, garlic. Uh, and so it's going to sit in that for, they recommend eight Marinate hours. it in, in yogurt. Yeah. Yeah. That's not Never. a common in Middle Eastern is it, dishes. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the, the actual, uh, you know, the, the measurements here, a cup of Greek yogurt. I just bought one of those small containers, like a breakfast. Dump yogurt. it all in. Yep. Sure. That's about a, it's less than a cup, but it right. Worked. Well, and doesn't the, uh, the measurement has as much to do with how many kebabs are you going to make? Probably. Yeah. So, you know, then sometimes some recipes, if I'm looking at it online, it will give me the option because it'll say this recipe is for four. Sure. But if you click here, it'll make be it six or, or seven right, or 12 yeah. or two or yeah. whatever. So you can adjust it a little bit. Otherwise I'm a, I'm, I'm <laughs> like my favorite. Uh, a, a Cajun chef, Justin, would just put a measurement yep. in the palm of his hand yeah. and call that good. Oh, yeah. That's Me all, too. That's close enough. Uh, so, in addition to the uh, yogurt, you need to add a couple of tablespoons of olive oil, uh, two teaspoons of paprika, a half teaspoon of cumin, and uh, about an eighth of a teaspoon of cinnamon. Just a little bit to give it a little sure. warmth. Okay. A uh, half teaspoon of crushed red pepper flakes. And it was not spicy. I mean, the flakes are there, but it's not okay. at all spicy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, zest one lemon. Well, and spicy doesn't always have to be hot. That's true. I have to say that because I can hear my mom. Yes, it is. Spicy is hot. <laughs> no, mom. Spicy just means not bland. Yes. Uh, hot means hot. Right. Uh, so in addition to the zest of a lemon, uh, squeeze in two tablespoons of lemon juice, uh, half of a lemon, squeeze sure. that in there, sure. uh, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper and about four cloves of garlic or, you know, I use the garlic. How for much a jar. do you like garlic? Right, yeah. Exactly. yeah. And then it call, calls for about two and a half to three pounds of boneless chicken thighs as opposed Ooh, to chicken breast. So yum. it's going to be juicier than yeah. it would be otherwise. Yeah, and yeah. when it marinates for, you know, the better part of a day, that's going to help it as well. So you cut the chicken into cubes, about one inch size, you know, enough because it's going to go on a skewer um, and you can pack as many of those on the skewer as you want to. I sure. suppose I think I had four or five pieces per okay. per skewer. Uh, so after this marinades for they recommend eight hours. Uh, now you're going to just take it out of that. And it's kind of goopy and because um, you know, it's yogurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you're going to skewer the the uh, chicken pieces onto the uh, wooden or metal skewer, whichever you have, and then intersperse those with uh, wedges of purple onion. 
Oh. It's just so in between each sure. piece of chicken and okay. a couple pieces of purple onion. Um, and then you're going to grill it. And it didn't take. That's it? Just that, chicken and onions? That's it. Oh, man. Yeah. But now you're supposed to serve it, according to this recipe, on a bed of rice pilaf, uh-huh. which was my intention. <laughs> I had bought a box of, I think it's called Near East. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You I've know, seen that. White and brown box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so when I went to make this dish on Sunday, I reached into the cupboard and I grabbed the box of the, you know, the rice and I boiled the water. And when the water was boiling, I dumped the rice in per mm-hmm. the instructions. Mm-hmm. And I looked and I said, why is it red? Why is it red? Uh-oh. I had grabbed mistakenly the box of Spanish rice, uh-huh. not the rice pilaf. So I'm sure it would have been better because you're supposed to actually serve it on a bed of rice. Uh-huh. I just put the rice on the, the rice on the side because they probably didn't pair all that well together. Um, but it was good. I, w- I would make it again for sure. Cool. Quick and easy. A lot of flavor. Um, and, and there was some leftovers and you can just nibble on those little chicken thigh pieces. Oh, ingredients. Yes. Ingredients. So yeah, I would recommend it. Wow. I, one thing I would say it's, it's a Middle Eastern style. It, it didn't to me have quite enough Middle Eastern flavor. I might have, if I okay. make it again, I might add maybe some oregano or even some of that Greek seasoning from, uh, pleasing something yeah. like that That's to give it stuff. just a little more Middle Eastern flavor okay. than it had, but it was yeah. good. Is there, well, uh, I don't know. I know there's Greek yogurt. Is there Middle Eastern yogurt? Right. Well, this does use Greek yogurt. So yeah. I guess in that sense, but it, you know, it doesn't right. have a necessarily a flavor. I just wondered. To it. Yeah. It's just a, more of a consistency. Right. But. Well, I'm, I, have you ever, you, you cook it, chicken, onion, mm-hmm. chicken, onion, mm-hmm. chicken, mm-hmm. onion. Have you ever done all the chicken on one kebab, on one skewer, all the onion on another skewer? I have. And then just scrape it off onto the plate no, and eat it with a fork? You can certainly do that. Well, I was just thinking of goopy. Right. Uh, uh, By the time it gets off the grill, it's not goopy. It's got a little crust right. on it. Oh, does it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So it's not really wet when you pull it off the grill, but you could certainly do that. And the other thing you could do is you could add many different vegetables, too. Uh, you, you beat know. me to that one. Peppers. Right. I'd, Peppers you know, would be good. Some red ones, some yellow ones. Mm-hmm. Not a huge green pepper guy, but uh, orange ones, red ones, yellow ones. Cherry tomatoes I, probably would cherry be good tomatoes. on Cherry tomatoes. Oh, grilled tomatoes. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Have you ever, speaking of which, have you ever had a grilled beet? I have not. Oh, baby. Especially if you don't like beets. Okay. They are, because I didn't, but grilled beets taste nothing like pickled beets or just beets. So good. Just a thick slice. You you can skewer it like a lollipop. Okay, right. Uh, Put it right over the open flame? Right over the flame. Put any olive oil on it? A little bit. A little bit of olive oil, maybe some salt, but basically nothing. Oh, baby. Grilled beets, along with all those other veggies and- And so forth. Well, yeah, because vegetables, when you roast them, tend to bring out a sweetness. Oh, yeah. You know, onions or certainly beets too. So So good. I'm curious. I got my fingers crossed here. They're starting to hurt. Uh, You said chicken thighs. You like, you guys like dark meat. I prefer white meat traditionally. Oh, oh. Um, I'm, I'm becoming more of a dark meat fan than I ever used to be. Yeah. Um, But uh, in this particular recipe, I think it, it's, it helps it stay juicier because the chicken breast can dry out on a grill. Sure, sure. You know, even after you've marinated it for eight hours or the better part of a day. So the recipe itself called for chicken thighs and the person who put this together says they're, uh, they work better in this type of yogurt and lemon based marinade. But you know, if you had chicken breast, use chicken breast. I love the dark meat, which is why I wondered why do we get along so well? (laughs) You love dark meat too. No wonder you and Mary are my best friends. I love it. And, uh, here, unsolicited uh, plug for a good friend of ours, uh, Bubba's. Oh, yeah. He has chicken thighs on sale once in a while. Mm-hmm. And if a 10-pound box is too much, 
I'll split it with you. Yeah, because he can. He sells them in big bulk. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, ten pounds of chicken thighs right. is a big bag of yes, chicken thighs. Yes. I'll buy half. Sure, because I uh, because I love dark mm-hmm. meat and chicken thighs at my house are are uh, very very popular. So I should have stipulated. By the way, these are boneless and skinless chicken thighs. Yeah, that we're working with here. So yep, that's okay. So you didn't do any of the work. No, you just did all the eating. Just had to cut and, it up into cubes. That was the ingredients. Yeah, prep yep. work there. I get it. Hey, thanks very much for coming sure, over. Sure, my pleasure. I, no, no, my pleasure. Now we have even more to try in the kitchen. Cooley Region Cooks. Every Thursday from 10 to 11, we get together with people who like to have fun in the kitchen. Clearly, Scott Robert Shaw is one of them. All right, a little business. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. I've got an invitation for you to listen in to my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at AroundRiverCity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Cooley Region Cooks, Thursdays 10 to 11 on WIZM. I'm Mike Hayes. I host the program, but by no means the reason you should check in. You should always check in to see who's Hayes got in the kitchen. My next guest accidentally went into a studio thinking that there was a problem because Chris O'Hearn is the solver of all problems. He was uh, ganged up on because there wasn't a problem. Hi, you're in my office. Close the door. You have to agree or you can't leave. Chris O'Hearn. Well, you spend a lot of time in the kitchen, too, though, don't you? We do. I have two kids and a wife, and it's fun to play around in the kitchen. Is it? Like you say, you figured it out. You yeah. figured out how to have some fun. Yeah. Now, we're in the kitchen gadgets, and so... <laughs> Imagine that. An engineer who likes gadgets. Funny thing, Matt. So, <laughs> like, the kitchen scale and the various different temperature probes and the griddle out back, the flat griddle. and Sure. We got a pellet grill, not so much for smoking, but for summertime oven use. sure sure let's make up some pizzas but we're not going to make the house 172 degrees got it um and on a whim i found myself in possession of a sous vide cooker really and that's great it, when we talk about spending time in the kitchen this allows you to spend less time in yeah. the kitchen right well you set up and then leave then yeah go out on the deck or uh, in the family room depending on what time of the year it is Go someplace out of the kitchen and have some fun playing with your kids on the floor in the family room. Yeah. And then come back hours later and do the final prep on your Right. Because sous vide is kind of an all day cooking. Depends on what you're trying to do. It's all about the thickness of whatever it is you're doing. Um, Shining example. So a chuck roast. That's not something typically you'd use as like sit down and eat a steak. Right. 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 Um, I didn't know that. I didn't really even know my cuts of meat. But a chuck roast is definitely not your your sit down. Here's your steak. Throw that in the sous vide for 36 hours. A little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, and take it out. Sear it, and it's this giant, impressive looking steak. Steak. Wow. Um, but you got to think way ahead because that was 36 hours. This is definitely not refrigerator door cooking. Yeah. No. This is plan ahead kind of cooking. Yes. Plan ahead, but spend I don't know 15, 20 minutes of work, and then it just Cool. Does all and that. do you have, the, when you say I have a sous vide cooker, you have the whole, the unit, the pot, the machine, the circulator, everything. Because I have seen online uh, an attachment that kind of looks like uh, you just hook it on the side of your pot, turn it on, and it circulates the water. And it makes your pot into a sous vide cooker. But uh, 
that's it's not what you have or well, that is what you that, have? That is. So that, that oh, one, cool. the cookie one, that is, that's the thing. And oh, cool. Um, not to throw brand names, but Nova seems to be a really popular one. Right. On and if internet. it's working for you, then plug away. Yeah, we're Inkbird. And so it's got the Wi Fi because again, gadgets. And so you yep. can see on your phone how long the timer is and what the temperature <laughs> is. So that little one, though, it's got the heated element and it's got uh, a circulating cool fan rotor it's right. water on you put it in whatever vessel you want you can use your pot i tried that a couple times it gets hot it gets really hot like 170 right. degrees 140 put it on degrees. the back of the oven with a, a reminder to the kids don't touch daddy's pot because it's really hot that's a good rule yeah yeah that's a good idea. Um, but it's also not super efficient because you're radiating that heat then Instead of hanging oh. out in your food, you're sending that heat into the house. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, gadgets. I got the bucket with a little jacket for the bucket. Oh, of course you do. You don't just have a pot on the stove. You have a pot that goes inside a bigger pot that insulates the pot that's got the water in it that's cooking the food. Yes, with a cover, too, so you lack your evaporation. And so and you're not you're, heating up your kitchen. You're not heating up the kitchen. And that in the summertime, you're running the air Perfect. conditioning. Right. Oh, yeah. As much as outdoor or or yeah. appliance based cooking, the air fryer, air fryer cookies. I know yep. we're talking about sous vide, but you That's throw okay. you throw eight cookies kind of packed together in the air fryer, and it turns into one big thing of mush. And you cut where the cookies were, and now you've spent, they're delish. They're super awesome, crispy right. on the inside, and you've spent fifteen minutes heating this small area instead of forty five minutes with the oven going. Yeah, absolutely, and they're delish. You can cook everything. I, in fact, I have not tried. I haven't failed cooking anything in an air fryer and I have experimented with all kinds of stuff for the same reason. Uh, it cooks quickly and it doesn't heat up anything. Yep. Just, just your food. Yeah. And you can then, I'll touch on after you sous vide, the air fryer is actually a, a decent finishing method too. Oh, cool. Um, all right. So, but, so vessels though, because I, I wrote down Franken cooler on my notes. <laughs> Because, you know, some people are that way. You got to take it past maybe where you should, but it depends on your definition. They'll take coolers and mm -hmm. drill a hole, shove their uh, their appliance in there. And so now you have a whole cooler size thing. Um, so your sous vide cooker is inside a cooler? Yeah. Okay. For insulation. For insulation. Okay. And so now okay. on your multi-day cooks, or if you're doing large packs of meat, now if you're doing that, you do got to make sure that your appliance size matches your vessel. Sure. You want that hot water at a precise temperature. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. all about the science and the precision with the yeah. sous vide. You want to make sure that at the far end of the cooler, that is able to circulate and okay. do its thing. But yeah, it, sous vide is, I think it's French and it means under vacuum and traditionally, they'll put them in like a vacuum seal bag. Some stuff, though, you don't want to squish. And so a Ziploc bag. And then the internet goes nuts because you're cooking in plastic at the temperatures, though. I mean, your typical right. ground beef temperature is 130 to 100. Well, just tell degrees. them you cooked it in aluminum foil. And right. Let them, you know, come on, shut up. I know you're, you're going to die. You're killing your kid. What are you supposed to cook it in? When those people are getting nuts that you're cooking it in a plastic bag and their uh their choice their preferred choice is what i mean if you cook it differently or because some of the purists like a lot of society the only way to cook is through charcoal okay, okay. You say you're concerned about the plastic bag but now you're cooking over ashes. charcoal yeah right i'm not knocking either of those don't get All me right. wrong but it's funny the battles that people so the people that are grumpy about you cooking 
uh, sous vide because it's in a plastic container, would prefer that you throw away that wand and heater and cook a different way completely over charcoal or whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just because. I just thought maybe they had some kind of different material. Put that meat in this seaweed bag. That's uh, good for the environment and blah, blah, blah. Some people have tried the silicone bags. You can't, it's hard to get all the air out. So you get, you want the water to be touching your food without the water actually touching your food. So a silicone bag won't shrink down enough to, to do that. And you can run into problems apparently because when you're cooking right at the edge, when we say we cook a steak at 135 degrees, well, USDA food safety says what? 160. Yeah. That's because at that point, that's an instant pasteurization. Right. So you, once you hit 160 or, or whatever it is at that, at that temperature, all the bacteria, all the bad stuff dies instantly. Okay. It will die slower, a, a slow, but, painful death, right. but still because you're, you're cooking for so long. If you're cooking your steak, there's people that will eat their rare steaks cooked at 129 degrees. Mm-hmm but that it's held at that 129 degrees for an long hour long or two. Time, yeah. yeah. Um, you have to be careful if you're low enough, because if you're in the, the danger zone for longer than two hours, yeah. there's charts and stuff. I'm not into rare meat. Yeah. I, yeah. I like it cooked, but I like it st- to still be meat. And this right. has worked out wonderful. Well, we differ there just a little bit because I like my really good steak rare. This and, uh, would be a thing to definitely yeah. try then. And, and I, I'm still alive. So I haven't eaten enough of it to kill me or make me ill. Uh, and any of you that are going to get grumpy about it, uh, you know, talk to the hand. I'm still doing it. Well, and this would be wonderful if I'm having a cookout and I know Hayes likes his steaks rare, rare, but safe. Yeah. And my wife likes them all the way cooked and she still doesn't like them. I can sous vide these ahead of time, keep them in the fridge. And then you're just finishing it yeah. on the griddle. Just or, warming them up. Yeah, warming up, but giving them that crust sure. when you take it All right, we've only bit. got a little yeah. more than a minute, but I'm curious. You said the air fryer. You finish off the sous vide chuck roast in the air fryer? We've tried the air fryer. It comes out of the bag wet Yeah, um, just from its own juices. Right. And so you want to dry that off and then essentially sear it. Give it that grilled uh, crust. Okay. But you don't need to worry about cooking the inside, so really high heat. We've tried the air fryer. That kind of works. My favorite still is the cast iron pan, a little Ooh, bit of butter. Baby. It's super hot. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's really dramatic too. Right. You flip it a few times, you get some of that butter. And the aromas filling your kitchen with delicious smells. Not a, a little bit of smoke. Not a lot of, not, oops. You give me the hiccups just thinking about it. Absolutely delicious. Hey, Chris, thanks. Yes. Uh, I'll give you 36 hours notice when I come over for dinner the next Perfect. time. So I'm going to take cheap cuts and say, here you go, Hayes, and you won't even know. You won't even know it. We're Cooley Region Cooking with the Cheap Cut. Thanks very much. Cooley Region Cooks, we'll be back. If you are or you know somebody that you think should be in the kitchen, then get in touch with me, Mike at WIZMnews.com. We can make it very easy for you to come in. Uh, and, and be on Cooley Region Cooks.